0: On this week's episode, can the next worldwide streaming sensation come from Bollywood? Will you get your team ready for Rainbow Six Extraction? And is it time to return to Uncharted? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome. To the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at popculturecosmos.com, and of course, everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos because we're also not only the best place to go for the latest news and trends in pop culture right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, but you can also check out there so many amazing tabletop rpgs because we're the number one tabletop rpg streamer on facebook anywhere in the world in fact you can just catch if you get a chance after you watch us or after you listen to us you can catch right now on all of our social media platforms including facebook twitch and youtube you can go ahead and catch the latest vampires and vitae you can also catch some great weekend tabletop rpg action and there's a ton a ton of tabletop RPG games, right there for you in our archives, right there on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without a good friend. He is a returning guy that comes back to us after so many appearances on podcasts. In fact, I just checked it out just a few minutes ago. He's been on a ton of podcasts all around the world. Look out for his appearances all over. You got to go ahead and check it out today. He's also available at Hamanish Goel on Facebook. It is Hamanish Goel. And Hamanish, thank you so much for returning to the show. Glad to have you back aboard once again.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure being here, Gerald. As always, I always have a fun, great time being at the Pop Culture Cosmos, always have it, talking about different topics.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I see your reports and perspectives on data analytics I see your, your stuff that you're doing as far as podcasts and appearances that you've been on, meditation and, and vision board success. <laughs> that stuff is great and all, but it's always fun to be talking about pop culture instead. Instead of numbers and relaxing and, and all that good stuff, meditation, that's all well and good. But it's always great to talk pop culture, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, it, gives it, it gives it a variety of tastes so they don't always have to hear me talk about meditation <laughs> And just like, you know, the, the tech, even though I love the tech part and the meditation sector, you know, a lot of people also want to hear my perspective on like pop culture wise, hopefully.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Although after this show, you might need to go back into meditation. And I apologize <laughs> for that. No not, worries. You know, we're going to try and get through the best we can. It is. But for today's show, I want to go ahead and make sure and mention out there that we've got a great line of stuff lined up for everyone out there to go ahead and listen to today. I've got to talk to Hamanish about why or if Bollywood can repeat the same kind of success in the streaming marketplace that we're seeing from the outstanding stuff that's been introduced by the Korean marketplace, such as Parasite, such as Squid Game, and so many other great entertainment shows, movies, and series coming from Korea. Can the country of India follow suit with their own Bollywood entertainment that can reach a worldwide audience. I'm going to talk to Hamanish about that. We've been actually thinking about doing this for a long time, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. First of all, we're going to ask if it can be possible for Bollywood to go ahead and expand huge worldwide. And we'll, I'll ask him if they actually need to go ahead and expand. And I'll explain why coming up on the program. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about the big games of 2021. What were the best-selling games in the U.S. for 2021? We'll go ahead and give you an idea of what that was because the NPD dropped this past week. The numbers for 2021, not only for Nintendo, not only for Xbox, but for PlayStation, and also the entire video game slot as well. So we'll talk about what were the best-selling video games of 2021 that's coming up on the show, and we'll be talking Uncharted because we know the movie's coming out next month with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. But a great thing for PlayStation 5 owners as you can go ahead, if you re-delve into it or delve into it the first time, Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy because the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves bundle is coming this week, and we'll explain why you should check it out. That's coming up. Plus, I've got some great conversations that I couldn't find enough time for in the past couple weeks, but I had to put it in because it's such good stuff, which includes TJ Johnson in part two of our conversation on Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. He's still got a lot of stuff to talk about. That's coming up. Also, Jamie Monroy on the Bob's Burgers movie. That debuted a trailer recently, so we'll talk about that. And Melinda Barkhouse talks about her continuing search for a new tabletop RPG to go ahead and present to her audience. That's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Rainbow Six Extraction. That came out late last week to the video game audience. The reviews on Metacritic are okay, pretty good. 74 right now out of 100 on Metacritic, so it's getting pretty good reviews It is a team-based tactical shooter. Now, the Rainbow Six series has always been grounded in reality. In the past, there was great campaigns that you could go through. And then recently, with Rainbow Six Siege, it became a multiplayer stalwart. And it has done so well on a multiplayer platform as a tactical team-based shooter. This time around for Rainbow Six Extraction... It kind of feels more like an expansion from Rainbow Six Siege. It basically and essentially is an online experience dealing with either you going against an alien-type invader trying to go ahead and get you and snatch you and and wreak a lot of havoc and it's up to you and your two teammates to go ahead and fight off against the alien horde. Or, again, what they've found success with is a three-on-three multiplayer platform. There is a kind of like a loose story-based contingent going on with the aliens that have invaded this part of the universe of Rainbow Six, but I feel that it's not really the main part of it. The main part of it, obviously, is Rainbow Six's multiplayer advantages. It is not a full-priced game. I just want to make sure and let everybody know it is not a full $60 or 70 dollars price game. It is actually a $40 game. So it has a feel like it's an expansion. So I know that's been a little bit of the criticisms there, but your thoughts on getting into the rainbow six extraction game play. I mean, first off you got to find two other friends that's going to play with you because as a single player experience or someone just trying to find random people to play with online, I think it's not, you're not going to get out of it as much as what you want to put into it.
1: Yeah, that is true. I mean, the, the Rainbow Six extraction, from what I'm understanding, it's kind of like the three player game online multiplayer where you're kind of getting you're going against the battle of aliens and just anything that's within that universe. And they because it's a Tom Clancy game, you know, everyone knows about his history of how he's more like action oriented.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, it is a Tom Clancy game game in the sense that it uses the Rainbow Six marquee and you use a lot of the operators that you're familiar with already from the Rainbow Six Siege game that you played previously over the past few years. And it takes a lot from Rainbow Six Siege. That's why I think for the fact that they couldn't charge a full price on it. In fact, actually they wanted to go ahead and charge, Ubisoft did, $60 on this, but in November they announced that they were cutting it down to 40 and people were going, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. But now they realize it is a good tactical-based shooter that's best played in a multiplayer platform, but it might not have the depth. It might not have the full experience of a full-fledged 60 to $70 game. I think that's why that they went ahead and made the smart move to reduce it by $20. So I think for Rainbow Six fans, this is great, but... A Tom Clancy game. This is a very loose interpretation of that because you and I know, both know, you know, knowing yeah. the the book line that Tom Clancy books came from. I don't think they dealt with aliens very much in the no. world of Tom Clancy books.
1: Because if you look the the Michael B. Jordan movie that came on Amazon Prime, that had nothing to do with aliens. I'm pretty exactly,
0: sure. <laughs> and nothing previously that has no. been introduced as far as Tom Clancy films, Tom Clancy books, to my knowledge has had much to do with aliens so yeah. this is like a very loose interpretation this is where ubisoft i think said to the estate of tom clancy and said you know what we want to go ahead and use the rainbow six name because it has the rainbow six gameplay it has the operators i.e., I. the characters that yeah. were mainly from the rainbow six siege game they want to take that and borrow it over into this platform and into this universe are you okay with it and I guess maybe it's the fact that contractually they have to, to go ahead, but maybe it's the fact that Tom Clancy Estates said yes because they saw a big money opportunity. Whatever the case may be, it just takes this concept of the Tom Clancy gritty reality type right. format into a I don't know if it says I don't know if it's exactly a realm that I think Tom Clancy fans wanted it to go into, but it's there and it's Ubisoft doing it.
1: Yeah, it's present, all right. <laughs> it's-
0: yeah, it it's there, and it's already been out. I mean, like again, the reviews are are mostly positive for for the game. It's right now seventy four out of a hundred on Metacritic, so that's a pretty good sign for a game that, again, is or maybe not be a full fledged experience for a lot of individuals out there, but for I think for Rainbow Six diehards that are out there that have been playing siege for several years that want maybe something a little bit different but still that familiar rainbow six gameplay because for me rainbow six really exceeds when it concerns gameplay from a first person standpoint i know everybody talks about halo i know everybody talks about call of duty i know everybody talks about battlefield and so many other first person shooters are out there but rainbow six has found its niche in the world ever since, even from the 90s in its days when it came up on the PlayStation and then the great Xbox shooters that it had, Rainbow Six Vegas that you see right behind me, Rainbow Six Vegas 2, the Rainbow Six games that have come out over the past few years, and then it leads into Rainbow Six Siege. One of the things that has been reasons why Rainbow Six has done so well, even on a PC format as well, is because the gameplay the, the controls, the way you go ahead and continue on with the online or offline formats, I think it's really been very good because of customization as far as what you can do with your operators and the fact that the gameplay becomes so familiar, I really think that's good. And they do take that element into Rainbow Six Extraction. But again, it all comes back down to, are you going to go ahead and get this almost like shell shock of... Playing a Tom Clancy game oh, against yeah. aliens.
1: the What the unique thing they did was it's a three-player game. You know, your team of three right.
0: against the aliens, or a three-on-three three in a multiplayer okay. format. So it's very tactical-based, very tense. Still, I never thought Tom Clancy games would go this way, but I guess they're they're running out of ideas over at yeah. Ubisoft. I feel like
1: with this type of an like format, like you said, they're running out of ideas to so kind of butcher the, the Tom Clancy era. But if you noticed, Fortnite—I mean, this is a little off-topic—but Fortnite, which was really popular, and them putting more packages on installment, updating the software by putting Marvel characters in there, and especially Spider-Man with the new movie, doing extreme numbers. A lot of the times, the multiplayer games like Fortnite—they have a hype for a certain time, and then they go start going downhill, because there's only so much design can do for so for so long. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, we saw Call of Duty. They started branching out into the Call of Duty Zombies mode. Yes. And then they've gone Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Then they went Call of Duty Future Warfare, which didn't actually do that very great. well or as well. People were very upset with them going into the future. So they went back to the past, went back, back to World War II, and then the, you know back to the modern age, depending on the studio that's doing it. So it's kind of funny where they're going with it but the latest was call of duty vanguard and we'll talk about call of duty vanguard here in a minute but yeah right now i think for people out there if you're really interested in going ahead and playing and experiencing this kind of offbeat different look at the tom clancy universe especially with the aliens in getting involved i suggest you have two friends that you love to play games with and go ahead from there. I really think it's going to be harder to take in if you're trying to go at it alone or if you're trying to find two random people online to match up with in matchmaking. Because it's about coordination, it's about communication, it's about team effort into these type of games. And I really think that Rainbow Six Extraction is really going to be a success. It's going to be up to the players out there to find a community so that they can work together to build Rainbow Six Extraction, to be as good or successful as Rainbow Six Siege was. So just a, we're kind of a different note when we're talking about aliens and Tom Clancy, something I never thought. But once again, it is Rainbow Six Extraction. If you have any thoughts out there on Rainbow Six Extraction, do you think this game can really work well within the Rainbow Six Tom Clancy universe? And it, we're talking about aliens here, so it kind of is like a universe. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos podcast.
2: You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd podcast here Imran.
3: So, if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody.
0: Anthony
2: Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Ugh. Jock and Nerd! But my friend, there's
0: still much more to talk about on today's program. Wanted to go ahead and run down real quick before we get to our major conversation today in regards to Bollywood. And that is the MPD, the best-selling games for 2021 in the U.S., Wanted to go ahead and mention that because they dropped it last week. And it was kind of interesting because the number one, no shock of shock, and probably part of the reason why Microsoft has purchased Activision Blizzard, or is intending to, has made an offer, let's put it that way. Call of Duty Vanguard was number one for the year 2021. Not really a surprise, even though the sales overall for Vanguard were down from the previous year, because the previous year's edition, the 2020 edition, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is the number two game of 2021 and rounding out the top 10 was Madden nfl 22 pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl battlefield 2042 even with all of its problems was the number five selling game of last year marvel spider-man miles morales was number six mario kart 8 Never a shock anymore that it's on the list because it gets bundled half the time with yep. Nintendo Switches out there. So, plus, also, you got to remember it's still a popular game. Anybody who buys Nintendo Switch, even if they don't get it bundled, they're going to go ahead and buy Mario Kart 8. Mm-hmm. So, that was number seven. And I think it's probably, if it's not number one, it's a number two. I think it's going to eventually be the biggest selling Nintendo Switch game of all time.
4: But, what number about- eight,
0: a good showing for Resident Evil Village. Number nine, MLB The Show, 21. That was kind of surprising to me. That stuck mm-hmm. out because I thought an NBA 2K game would be there. We yep. don't see an NBA 2K game until 15. And number 10 is Super Mario 3D World. Any surprises or anything that sticks out in that top 10 for you for last year?
1: Well, Super Mario 3D World, because I, I'm surprised that... I remember at one time, Super Smash Bros. was like one of the top games because of yes. the fact that they, were, they put all the Nintendo characters and some of the really known outsourced characters like Sonic and whatnot and kind of had this like internal battle, which kids enjoyed a lot. But I, it feels like the hype for that is either down or, you know, they, there's not as much. because Nintendo, as we all know, is known for Animal Crossing and Pokemon, the Mario characters and Zelda. And then also
0: came out last year was the return of Metroid. And unfortunately, the return of Metroid, that didn't do as well as hope. But, of course, with a Pokemon, you throw a Pokemon game out there for the Nintendo Switch, and, of course, it's going to sell a lot. And it finished in the top ten. Super Mario 3D World, i kind of surprised that that one fell in there. Far Cry 6 fell just short at number 11. FIFA, which is huge overseas absolutely huge overseas got to number 12 here kind of surprised it didn't make the top 10 i thought there would be a little bit bigger influence but you know what it is the major game out there overseas so i think electronic arts is okay with that then you have minecraft animal crossings is number 14 nba 2k 22 is 15 assassin's creed valhalla 16 super smash brothers which you were talking about is the number 17 game so even after all these years it's still selling back for blood that to me i think is the biggest surprise of anything on the top 20 that it did sell these are the guys from turtle rock that a lot of them will help design and make the left for dead series on valve Mm -hmm. and to see them bring a lot of that into another world and a very familiar it was a hard thing for me to get back into as far as back for blood because i thought it was a little bit slower paced, and I didn't like the card system. I I wanted something a little bit faster paced. But you know what? After I got to play with it, I I really think a lot better of it. I think it's a pretty good game, especially if you've got some friends, again, like Rainbow Six Extraction to work with. I really think it's a good one. I'll give them props on that. Mortal Kombat 11, number 19, and Mm -hmm. Forza Horizon 5 at number 20, which was surprising to me because the fact that there's no Halo in there. And Forza barely snuck into the top 20. That tells me a lot of people are playing it off Xbox Games Pass, which is free with Mm -hmm. the service. So, again, it shows the mentality of Microsoft focusing more now on Xbox Games Pass as the way to go going forward. Any surprises outside of that? I mean, anything stick out to you?
1: Well, I know the Mortal Kombat movie either came last year. And I'm shocked by the fact that, that first was there, it was a huge demand, and now usually when the film comes, there becomes bigger demand for the new game. So, and I was well,
0: also MK11, remember, that came out in 2020, so that didn't come out last year. That came out in 2020, a, so that's a year-old right. game. A lot of year-old games you see on this list, so that's kind of a surprising thing that 2021 didn't have a ton of newly released mm-hmm. games on this list. I know something here on the show that we talk about a lot, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I know a lot of people were talking about that over the course of last year. That just missed the top 20. I just want to let everybody know, which is pretty good for a game that is, well, actually a series of games bundled into one that you're thinking was refurbished after over 10 years of being out of the equation outside of Mass Effect Andromeda. So I really like the fact that they were able to go ahead and sell because it is on the top 20 list for PlayStation and Xbox on the separate list for them. So it did score well in the top 20 for both of those platforms and it's not yet on Nintendo. So that's probably the reason why it didn't make the the top 20 overall. But I do want to mention real quick, the biggest game on Nintendo last year was Pokemon brilliant diamond and shining Pearl. That's obviously a no brainer. And then on PlayStation and Xbox, it was the call of duty Vanguard show with, call of duty vanguard being number one on both playstation and xbox so no surprise there my friend and obviously it's again it speaks to part of the reason why microsoft spent Mm 68.7 billion dollars on the pending sale and the pending purchase of activision Mm -hmm. blizzard so we'll see what goes on there but yeah, just a, a nice, cool list to see. But if anybody out there wants to, to talk and have any questions or have any thoughts on the top 20 for last year in video games, please let us know. Pop culture cosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, my friend, just want to ask you real quick. Bollywood, something we wanted to get into in regards to that great entertainment platform that's an essential part of Indian entertainment. Yep. And we, I wanted we've been actually going back and forth on this for a while on DMs and, and just wanted to discuss this. I'm so curious that you know out there we've seen the success of the Korean marketplace in the streaming format, not just in, of course, in Korea, but worldwide. Again, I'll mention, like I said, with, with yeah, with Parasite getting the Academy Award and or earning universal acclaim. We've seen Squeak Game being one of the most popular shows anywhere at any time for Netflix and anywhere, period. Just captured the world's imagination. And since then, they've had a ton of more Korean shows, series, movies that have debuted on Netflix to great acclaim and great popularity. I'm trying to see what marketplace can do something similar and have that similar type of success. So I reached out to you and I suggested could Bollywood be that answer? So
1: they're getting there. They're getting they. They was they've had their. So back in 2012, this is um, way long. They so there's this whole hundred crore thing where it's kind of like when you hit that mark, you kind of become one of the establishing actors. And this trend started from the film Gajini, so. It was going well for the first couple of years because of the content driven films, because Indian the cinema, there's a lot of Hollywood remakes, there's a lot of remakes of like other language films, and their own content as well. So there was a dip in 2017, where about the films that had major stars in it wasn't even working. But the only film that really hit the sto- surge because of storytelling was Baahubali, and I felt like they didn't have the budget to set it worldwide because they, it was considered a pan-India film. There's this new trend in India where all, all the other languages like Telugu, Tamil, Malayam, Gujarati, there's so many. I don't even, I can't even list all of them.
0: Well, but... the thing I want to ask you is because the Eternals is the first taste of for a lot of people of anything Bollywood, you know, it's just a taste. It just shows you that it's almost satirical in the way the Eternals approach this in its its way. It's, it isn't actually a Bollywood program, but it's it's just showing you something that's made within a Bollywood concept. But that's the first taste that a lot of people have had with the world of Bollywood and Bollywood entertainment and Indian entertainment doesn't need to really go ahead and expand worldwide because you're reaching an audience already of over a billion people. So, you know, obviously you can go ahead and be very self-sufficient in your own marketplace. But, you know, when it comes to what Bollywood can do and the possibilities, could you see something expanding, like reaching out to a Netflix and and going ahead and expanding? Because that seems to be the key right now, expanding on a streaming platform like Netflix, like Apple Plus, or like some other large streaming worldwide outlet, and actually going ahead and be able to expand that that concept forward, do you think that's possible? I mean, they don't really have to. Again, it's a a, a marketplace that you're dealing with a billion people, actually 1.2 billion people People. in India. So you don't really have to, but just for the pride, but also the fact just to educate and bring a new culture to people on the world of Bollywood, which has been around so many years Could it be something that there could be this type of great entertainment that they could expand to? I know there's been little hits and things that have reached out and at times expanded upon it. But can you see something out there from the world of Bollywood entertainment that could expand on a worldwide platform?
1: So 2018 was when Netflix reached out to India saying that would you be interested in creating your culture content for Netflix? the first show was Sacred Games. And ever since then, there's been a surge of content. Like major Bollywood films that used to come in the theater now literally got contract deals from Netflix. So Netflix has been having a huge impact in India. And I think Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hotstar, which was just bought by Disney, they're all competing against each other, making it a much easier way to distribute the content. Because what was happening before was in order to convince the producers, it had to be a solid idea or something they thought could be presented to the screen. But now you can simply put that on on a streaming channel like Netflix or Amazon Prime. And I feel like with this whole new pan-India thing, where they're taking all regional actors, big budget films, I feel like as this starts to convince Indian audiences that this is going to work, hopefully they can start putting that out making the marketplace bigger. A lot of people in other countries don't know so much about India. And so films are a really good representation of what do we do on a day-to-day basis. And unless you know you have a friend that's an Indian or whatever the case might be, then you understand that okay, this is who they are. But I know they have been putting a lot of Netflix content and I do think they they have the potential of doing what a Parasite did, or even a Minari.
0: Or even a Squid Game, which is, again, captured the world's attention and really gotten a lot of acclaim. And a lot of individuals have gone and seeked out things from the Korean entertainment world after Squid Game, after Parasite. They've gone and seen, what else can we take from that community to go ahead and showcase to a wide audience? I'm hoping that people will go ahead and learn more about the Indian culture through great entertainment, And hopefully something that the Indian entertainment community goes ahead and produces can eventually reach that kind of worldwide acclaim that we've seen from the U.S. productions, English productions, and also, of course, the Korean productions that we've just talked about as well. So looking forward to seeing what can happen there. But I want to ask everyone out there a question. Do you think that something from the world of Bollywood and the Indian entertainment culture can eventually reach out to a worldwide audience and capture our attention just like we've seen from things like squid game parasite and so much more so please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com well coming up next i've got tj johnson Linda barkhouse and jamie monroy on the way looking to go ahead and talk to him about a lot of great things in pop culture and that comes up right after the break this is the pop culture cosmos and if you're ready to talk toys... I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for Season 2 for 10 more episodes of Toy and Goodness, and this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Once again, it's TJ Johnson. The Xbox Games Pass still predominantly will be purchased as far as on an Xbox platform. And in order for it to, theoretically, the Xbox Games Pass to thrive, Yes, Mm -hmm. have them a lot on cell phones. Yes, have them a lot on PCs. But also, you need to at least be very, very close, like they are right now in Mm -hmm. this current race with PlayStation, which is reportedly, again, they're both in the teens Mm -hmm. as far as millions of units shipped and sold. Mm -hmm. They need to stay relevant. They need to stay close. I still think they, they still need to come out on top in this console race. Xbox Games Pass is the key, and the Xbox, that name is on the front of it. You got to go ahead and make sure it's out there. I understand putting on TVs, things of that nature. I understand Mm -hmm. what the future is. But the pressure, I think, is clearly on Phil Spencer now after you make that kind of purchase.
4: Well, absolutely. There's no denying that The, the pressure has to be immense for him. And I think that he has proven to be up to the task, if nothing else, as far as weathering that storm and allowing that pressure to hopefully produce diamonds and not make him crumble. He hasn't crumbled yet, and he's been under pressure. Granted, he's been the underdog. So yeah. now it's it's a very LeBron-like scenario. Now you just picked up LeBron. Not that Activision is LeBron, but my point is, you just got another huge studio who's got a, a catalog that's that's very very expansive, right? And you spent a lot of money on it. you. You you rolled out the red carpet for this one. So now. You need to produce. Excuse me, I'm going
0: to write that blank check out there. Yeah,
4: seriously, seriously. DJ, how many
0: billions <laughs> yeah. would you like? I'm just. Billions of dollars. Zero,
4: zero, zero. Is
0: that seven or eight zeros? Would you I like? i to say that's
4: eight zeros. That's Maybe eight. nine. Let's put nine, in another right? zero there for yeah, you. Let's put in nine. In nine. Let's add they're nine. Zeros. Just, they're just writing out checks at this point. They're just they're just writing out money. It's insane. It's insane the amount of money that's going out. Obviously, we I know that the, the video game of industry. <laughs> we know that. Um, the, you know, the video game industry is a billion dollar industry. We get that. But my goodness, there's a lot of money being thrown out. And Microsoft is once again being very, very aggressive about it. Now, what we need to see, as you mentioned, is some, pro, is, is some production out of them. You know, we've acquired these studios and Bethesda's been a part of the Microsoft brand now for not not quite a year. I don't want to say. I don't think, the, I don't think it's been a whole year. It might have been. It might be close to a year. It, it's close to it. But we really need to start seeing some type of productivity and some type of uh, payoff, if you will. Well, you'll see it 11
0: 11 2022 with starfield
4: yes we will see that but as far as more prices i mean the xbox brand has quite a few studios underneath their 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 yeah. umbrella now so granted yes we know that starfield is 11 uh, 11 11 2022 to get that but we want to start seeing more of this there were some studios that require prior to that we still haven't got a lot of production out of as of yet the one thing that sony still seems to have a leg up on is getting these games these huge blockbuster games that nobody really knew about. You know, Ghost of Tsushima, we heard about it prior to it coming out, but it wasn't really on our radar like that. We knew who Sucker Punch was and what they've done with the uh, the Infamous series and uh, Sly, you know, Sly Cooper. So they've done stuff and we knew about it. But this one kind of came under the radar and it, it produced a hit. So Sony is good for it. Microsoft needs to now understand how to do the same thing because we just don't have those Microsoft exclusives that are hits like Ghost of Tsushima, like Infamous was a hit, like the Uncharted series. We're still waiting on those experiences. Now, it's the conversation that I've had with my family uh, multiple times now. When I play my PlayStation, it's much more single player focused for me. So there's much more console exclusive stuff, but it's really me playing the PlayStation by myself, right? When I tend to venture and play with other people, that's really when I play my Xbox. That's typically for me the ecosystem that's more conducive to sharing experiences with everybody. Not that you can't do it on PlayStation. I don't want to be that guy. But What I'm saying is that it's just been my experience that my single player experiences have been stronger on PlayStation, but my multiplayer experiences have been stronger on Xbox. And what I need from Microsoft is to shift that narrative for me and allow my single player experiences and for the amount of money that they're spending now, my multiplayer experiences to be the best on the xbox console and then for me to still have you know whatever experiences i have on playstation but Microsoft has really got to step up and now show out uh, because they, they they put the money out there now they need to they need to show up
0: you talk about the hit that sony took they did take a hit in yes, the japanese did. stock market of over yes, 20 billion dollars so people want to know how it affects when you make a move like that there you go
2: there you a couple go of quick
0: questions i want to go ahead and talk to you about before yeah. we head on out One thing is we've seen, again, in the past year, again, the purchase by Microsoft of Bethesda. We've also seen Tencent, the largest gaming company that's out there. People don't realize that, but yes, Tencent is the largest gaming company that's out there. They just purchased, uh, over a little over a week ago, Zynga, which is a major, major platform for mobile gaming and also PC gaming as well. They purchased them for $12 billion. Who's next? Because, you, of course, we just talked about Microsoft and Activision for $68 mm-hmm. billion. Dollars. Who is next? EA has been long rumored as a possible purchase by Microsoft or yes. Sony or somebody. Yep. Who does Nintendo and Sony need to counter with? Or is Microsoft done? I mean, Ubisoft is another one. Take-Two Interactive? I mean, there is still some companies out there that could be primed for a takeover. Who do you think yeah. is out there that might still be eligible? I think, I think Ubisoft would be my number. I think
4: Ubisoft is my number one. I think my number two sleeper is Sega. And here's why I say that. They've had those conversations in the past before where yes. Sega and Xbox have been linked together. So I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if we get somewhere down the line that... Return of Alpha a,
3: Protocol!
4: Yeah, man. Let me get that back. But I wouldn't <laughs> I, be surprised if there well, is I'd a, make it right. a surprise. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a a sneak announcement in regards to Sega but if I if I had to put a bet on anybody my first bet would be Ubisoft right now. They're in a very very similar situation in regards to their PR their that is in, and their workplace and their workplace and it's a very it's a eerily similar situation to be 100% honest with you. So I think that Ubisoft is probably my first candidate for Microsoft to continue to look at their ever expanding portfolio of uh, studios under the Microsoft games. umbrella. They but they do. don't
0: have enough
4: they've got a ton of games but they don't have a ton of differentiating games. games right a lot of but those they games also are don't kind have of, the of same. big
0: money big money yeah
4: games. exactly and a lot of those games that they have are, are very very similar experiences just in different genres you know far cry yeah. is a first person's assassin's creed with guns right you still have to climb towers and overlook things it's, it's still a very very similar concept to unlock they sell regions. well
0: but they don't they sell do. like at the upper upper echelon for a whole long period of time like not at all they don't I have mean, the staying power on a lot far of far cry
4: stuff. far cry six is already down to about 30 bucks uh retail. Yeah, rainbow six extraction yeah. is
0: coming out and we don't know how that's going to do so i wanted to go ahead and hit you up with one last question on the way yes, out sir. and that's something yeah. we touched on a little bit already We already talked about how well it is for the studios themselves because with Microsoft infusion of money and also talent and also leadership, I'm hoping that they'll go ahead and straighten out a lot of what's going on internally with Activision and Blizzard and put it on the right track, finally, because it sorely needed it. But what does this purchase do for gamers? Is this the best thing for gamers? If you're a Sony hardcore and you're not in any way, shape, or form interested in buying an Xbox this is not going to help you out at
4: all no but no. what does
0: this do overall for gamers in your opinion I,
4: I think overall for gamers it's it's a bit of a mixed bag and here's why here's why i say that when you have start to be had a monopoly if you will of studios under one umbrella it kind of either it forces your hand as a gamer right it forces your hand to say okay either a i'm going to get behind this studio and purchase whatever way I can to still experience this, which is why I think that the Game Pass is really gonna be the ultimate selling point for that because I don't have to buy an Xbox to experience some of these games, even though they're not under the um, Xbox umbrella. So that's kind of why I feel that way. But this is gonna cause them to say, A, okay, I need to get on board with Microsoft or B, I'm gonna walk away from the studio altogether. And you never wanna see a gamer, and, and this is just me speaking as a gamer, forget the business aspect of it. As a gamer, you never wanna see a gamer not be able to experience the game that they want to experience because of hardware limitations be it they don't have the correct hardware they'll have the correct system i think it absolutely is terrible that xbox players did not get to experience marvel spider-man i think it's an absolute travesty because of how good that game was i think it's travesty that xbox players uh, up until recently won't get to experience god of war or not they buy it on the pc they can but Xbox players, console players, don't get to experience God of War. I think it's a travesty because these are games that are incredible experiences, incredible cathartic experiences that players are not being able to experience because they don't have the hardware necessary to do so. Um, especially with the consoles being as hard to come across as they have been and now that they're seemingly going to continue to be, it makes it a little tougher. So from a gamer standpoint, I don't know if I like it because it starts to limit what people can do. Again, as an Xbox guy, I'm ecstatic right as an Xbox if I'm just looking at from purely my Xbox I'm ecstatic because it's another it's another great developer who once we get them back on the right track from a management PR perspective they're going to put out great stuff so I'm not worried about if they can it's just a matter of getting them back into that particular position so as an Xbox person I'm all for it but as a gamer I hate to see people's experiences limited to their consoles
0: TJ you've been outstanding as usual always appreciate your insight As someone who is also a fellow gamer who owns all the systems, except for the latest generation, because I'm still trying to find one outside of these (laughs) terrible bots that I'm trying to fight against all the time, I'm now leaning Xbox. I'm going to be honest with you more than ever because of what's going on, and this acquisition makes my decision, at least for my first console in this generation, a lot easier. TJ, it's always a pleasure having you on Talking Anything in Pop Culture right here at the Pop Culture. Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Melinda, great to have you back on. I just wanted to ask, I know you reached out to everybody out there on your Vampires of Vt Twitter that you were looking for other games to go ahead and get inspiration from. I was wondering well, if that came across to you, because I was recently at the little shop of magic here yes. in the Las Vegas area, which was actually not a little shop at all. It's a pretty big store when it concerns tabletop gaming, and it was really a, a packed place. I came across a couple ideas, but did you already come across with good ideas on, on social media?
2: I had a couple of retweets, but I didn't really get anything back. But I think I have found a nifty workaround because, oh my gosh, big story. Well, not really a big story because, okay, maybe it is because you know what? It's in my life and it's in my universe, so it's huge. But so I'm going to run the wild beyond the witchlight with Wizards and Wine once we wrap up Tomb of Annihilation, which is what we're trying to do now. So we're going to get back to the stuff that Wizards and Wine is really good at, which is like the whimsical stuff and very lighthearted and, and all of that kind of stuff. But what I'm going to do, and this is between me and you, Gerald, okay? Top secret stuff here. I'm going to have- No one else is probably listening, yeah, so that's nobody, okay. nobody else. <laughs> Just kidding. But I'm going to have an in-person game and I'm going to take the Wild Beyond the Witchlight Module from DD, and I'm going to kind of redress it with more of like the Ravenloft curse of Strad kind of feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And the the climax is that both groups are going to be the big bad in each other's stories. And mm-hmm. they're going to come together and there's going to be some PvP. At least right now. That's my plan. Whether or not the players allow me to do that and, and will follow the train that I'm trying to get onto, we'll see. But that's the big plan for 2022 for Wizards and Wine this year.
0: Mm, sounds good. Yeah. I sent across to both you, Mitch, and Roger something I came across, which was most interesting. It hasn't really become big in the tabletop RPG world, but the Spy games seem kind of interesting. It's based off 5th edition rules. Thought that might be interesting sometime to go ahead and delve into. Didn't know if it was something that meant your fancy or anyone else out there in our group.
2: Yeah, absolutely. With Defiant, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the rule book to finally arrive in the mail. So hopefully that will give us uh, something else to sink our teeth into as well. But anything that takes the 5E kind of rule set or like approach to play is going to be easy for a D&D player to pick up and run with. So yeah, I think that we should definitely do a, a special, at least one off of that. I think that could be fun.
0: There you go. We'll have yeah. to take a look at it indeed. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Jamie, good to have you back. Bob's Burger dropped a trailer for an upcoming movie that they've got coming out this summer. Yeah. And
3: I'll buy for a burger right now.
0: Yeah, and before we go ahead and check that out, my friend, I mean, you checked out the trailer. It dropped on the, probably the best time to do it, the National Championship game in college. I love the year. beginning
3: of the trailer, by the way. It just that whole slow watching that burger flip was great.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, and that's good. But the thing I want to ask you is that this movie in a, probably a better, I should say a better frame, a better light, a better time frame, mm-hmm. Probably could have been very, could have been very successful out in the movie theaters. But now with the questionable marketplace and the IP that it is, which is, Still not the most popular of IPs out there. I, th- I still think that if you put out a Simpsons movie or if you put out a South Park movie or if you put out maybe a Family Guy movie, you would get more interest and buzz. I'm putting this on Memorial Day weekend. Now, this is all by Disney. Disney's the- first 2D outing in what, a decade or so? Yes. And the question I have for you is because it's through the 20th Century Fox entities that they bought. Uh-huh. Could you see this actually dropping on Hulu instead or Disney Plus instead? Because I have a feeling this may not see its way through to a release date in theaters. Even though they're Ooh. saying right now they are,
3: I'm mm-hmm.
0: not 100% sure that's going to happen.
3: Well, I mean, we're no fortune tellers, so we don't know what's going to happen with this whole virus thing and everything else. So that could affect everything. Uh, they're saying it's going to be in theaters, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for right now. Even they spent a lot of money going,
0: on that ad saying it's going to be in theaters. So. I'm going
3: to go with the benefit of the doubt right now and give them the benefit of the doubt say it hits theaters, okay? I do agree with you. It should be a Family Guy movie because I just feel that would do better. Bros Burgers does have a small cult following, though. I know a lot of people that are religious watchers of it.
0: But the problem is, it's in this type of environment, and people exactly. are not going to go and check exactly. it out unless it's a, a top-tier movie. And yeah. I'm not sure they're going to support this, even on Memorial Day weekend.
3: I'm not sure either. If it should be the start of the summer blockbusters, like it's looking like it wants to be, I don't think if it's the right choice for that. It really isn't. They're hoping for the same success they got with The Simpsons. I see the logic. I don't see... That they've done the homework to be like, uh, yeah, that's a bad idea. Family Guy would do ten times better. Family Guy is a bigger, in my opinion, outing for people. There's people that I know that wouldn't care for Bob's Burgers at all. That don't even watch Bob Burgers. That would ten times do a backflip and go
0: out of their way to watch a Family Guy movie. I agree. I agree. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But it is Bob's Burgers. They did drop a trailer. A trailer for their upcoming movie right now listed in theaters on Memorial Day weekend here in the States, which is late May. So May if you want to, again, will that happen? I'm not so sure if it will then be switched over. We've seen that already last week with Turning Red from Pixar, yeah. which is now going to be a premiere on Disney Plus, as opposed to what they thought at Pixar, what it would be. Was a going to be a... Movie that was going to be put out in theaters, but it's now on Disney Plus. Could the same thing happen to Bob's Burgers, or will it go to Hulu first day? Who knows? Right now, it's still listed as a theater theatrical release, so we'll keep it at that unless we hear otherwise.
3: To follow up that question, yes. If it does, let's say something does happen, regardless if it goes into theaters or not, it does go to Disney Plus as well. Does that mean are people going to pay twenty nine ninety nine to see that on Disney Plus like they did with other movies?
0: I don't think so. I honestly Me either. Don't think so. I really don't. If it goes, it's going to go free, like turning red, turning yeah, red. I would out. hope so. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is just, or essentially, whatever you're paying for the service. So yeah, I think that if that's the case, it gets moved. Over, it's going to get moved over without a, an extra cost attached to it. But we want to hear your thoughts. If you're excited for the Bob's Burgers movie, and if you think it's going to stay out in theaters Memorial Day weekend, or if it's going to be moved over to Disney Plus or Hulu. Please share us your thoughts, pop culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial! Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Oh, so. wow, oh, man. Nice. I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose that's the pop culture cosmos show and the PCC multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts and we're back to close out the show's pop culture cosmos want to thank so much TJ Johnson also as well Jamie Monroy and Melinda Barkhouse for stopping by with their thoughts before we head on out it's Hamanish go well once again it's Gerald Glasser from the pop culture cosmos please go ahead and check us out on any one number of radio stations worldwide, plus also as well, wherever we you get your podcasts. We truly appreciate you subscribing, catching us wherever you can. Cannot thank you enough. And remember, we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. But before we head on out, Hamanish, I am a big fan, if you didn't know already, of Uncharted. I have just ad nauseum on this show over the years have said that the uncharted series is the best narrative telling game the best narrative story game series of games ever created on god's green earth and i don't think it's close maybe if you want to put the other series from naughty dog the last of us they have not done as extensive a work as the uncharted series or any others you know even if includes my beloved mass effect any other series that is out there i don't think there's any series out there that tells a narrative as well as the uncharted series and lo and behold just before we go ahead and get the uncharted movie that's coming out next month on the 18th february 18th with tom holland and mark Walwork, which i'm still very much nervous about i really didn't think that tom holland would be a good fit for the nathan drake role but maybe he'll prove me wrong I'm going to support it. I'm going to go out to the theaters and catch it. So I'm going to go ahead and put my money where my mouth is on that. But this week, if you're a PlayStation 5 owner, you get a taste of some of the best that Uncharted has had to offer in a bundle pack as the Legacy of Thieves bundle, which includes a revamped, prettied-up version of both The Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4, are coming out as a bundle this mm-hmm. week to PlayStation five owners. And it's something that if you've never delved into the uncharted series before, first of all, I don't know where you've been because these have been incredible <laughs> games and they've been right there for you. Yeah. But second of all, it is a great chance to go ahead and just be able to go and see these games. Yes. They are bumped up versions of the PlayStation four games as far as the, the graphics and the resolutions for, is concerned. But if people see the trailer, at just how crisp and clear and detailed that these games are. Even at the time, these two were some of the best games that ever came out on the PlayStation 4. And they look absolutely incredible coming to PlayStation 5.
1: They're delivering the quality over quantity. Like how Call of Duty really just put game after game without no surprises and saw that the future of wars didn't work or the World War II didn't work. And they just... We're trying to get the content out there but uncharted every game that i've seen whether it's the graphics whether it's the, the storytelling narrative or it's even the missions that you're supposed to go on they're very clear about it
0: again if people need something as a good diversion and they have not delved into the world of uncharted i highly recommend the uncharted legacy of these collection because it is really something i think a lot of people can get into telling a great narrative. I also think people need to get the Uncharted collection out there if you had not already. I mean, actually, you, what you can do now, as of this week, when this bundle comes out, is you can essentially get the Uncharted collection, which is the first three Uncharteds, which include two of my favorite games of all time, Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 3. And now you can get a bundle with Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy. So you can have all five essentially on two discs. Or two wow. downloads right there for you. So you can go ahead and have that done this week. And that's something you can have five games. Literally, think about it, Amonish. Five games. In five great storytelling narrative games. Great action games. Very intriguing games. Games that will keep you on the edge of your seat. All together on two downloads or two discs. Oh, you can okay. just go to the store and get them. You just go right down to GameStop or Walmart or wherever you, you go ahead and get your games. Or download it off the PlayStation Store. And there you go, my friend. To me, that's going to be hard to beat.
1: The only reason I feel like a game series should ever have to do what Uncharted is doing, kind of refurbishing the first five games and having a collection for their fans, is a series like Uncharted.
0: The Uncharted Collection, it's out there, and as of this week, you'll be able to get five of the six Uncharted adventures basically and essentially off of two downloads at the PlayStation Store or two discs right there for you with the introduction of a great set of two games, Uncharted 4 and also, as well, The Lost Legacy, coming to the Uncharted Legacy of These bundle. Let me ask everyone out there this. Is this bundle... For PlayStation 5 owners out there, this remastering of two awesome games for the Uncharted 4 in The Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4. Is this going to get you into Uncharted if it hasn't already? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
1: And one thing, (laughs) I feel like Tom Holland has definitely been on the rise ever since (laughs) Spider-Man.
0: Well, yes and no, my friend. That's another thing. Because, yeah, again, the movie comes out on the 18th. And I know a lot is riding on it. And all the money that he's raking in from Spider-Man No Way Home, which has now gone over $1.6 billion worldwide to the box office, been a tremendous hit. It's one of the biggest films of all time, the biggest film of the pandemic. And in a marketplace where the theater-going experience is so fractured, this could be something really, really important and special for us. Tom Holland Outside of the Spider-Man series has not done so well. So Uncharted is a big, big movie for him. If he can go ahead and be at the forefront in a starring role in a movie outside of Spider-Man, and that will sell worldwide because Cherry was considered one of the worst movies of the year. The other movie he did that got delayed release with Daisy Ridley and Mads Mickelson, that was a horrid mess. And that was also a bomb at the box office. So, Uncharted is going to be a very important movie for him, my friend. It's going to be a very important movie for his box office career outside of Spider-Man. That is true. We'll see if Tom Holland can reap the kind of success as a box office star outside of the Spider-Man series. So we'll see what happens. Because the 18th, I think, is going to be very important for him. And it's going to be very important for Sony and for a lot of people out there to see if Tom Holland can actually make a lot of money for people outside of wearing the red and blue web suit so we'll see what happens there my friend
1: we'll see hopefully we see a spider-man in the next avengers <laughs> i don't know when that will come
0: well that may it may take a little bit while because it may take a little while because obviously they're trying to build up this phase for the marvel cinematic universe which will continually update people on i mean the moon knight series that's coming in march 30th and of course soon after that will be doctor strange and the multiverse of madness mm-hmm. so We'll see what happens there. But my friend, it's been great chatting with you on the world of pop culture. Can't thank you enough for stepping in for today's program. Looking forward to my conversations with Melinda Barkhouse-Ross on the Friday show, where we're talking a lot of great things in pop culture, as only we do here as we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for go Goel, this is Gerald Glass it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great